0: Hi, I'm Leslie Dolphin, and in this latest podcast from Suffolk Money, supported by King's Feet, something very close to my heart—chocolate. My colleague Colin Lowe has been to visit the family-run company Tozier Chocolate, which makes a range of niche products, including the very tempting Suffolk Shingle. Started in 2016, the business has grown from a basement to a portable building to a converted dairy. And as Colin discovered, it's a production process which requires great expertise and passion.
1: So, today we've made our way to Middleton, which is uh, getting very close to the Suffolk coast, and um, really pleased to be at Tozier Chocolate. Uh, so, we're going to be speaking in a little while to Dina, who's the founder of the business. But in the meantime, I'm going to be speaking with Jonathan. So, it's Dina and Jonathan Tilston. Um, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about the business. As in, well, first of all, let's just start with the name Tozier. Yeah. What's that all about?
2: Yeah, really interesting because. Um... Tozier, although it sounds like it could be a French name, it actually is an English name. And um, uh, we, we found this name, we were looking for other names, we considered lots of names, and at the t- time we were looking for the name, we weren't even sure whether this was going to be a, a real business or just an extension of a kind of hobby. Uh, but Tozier, Thomas Tozier, and Grace Tozier are real live chocolate people, and uh, they've been a name in English chocolate since about 1717. Uh, before there were um, uh, coffee houses there were chocolate houses and they kind of grew up at the same time but chocolate houses started uh, and they were very much the precursor of a coffee house and uh, in Greenwich there was a rather right, right parks it was then uh, there was um, uh, uh, kind of chocolate house and um, it was a very famous chocolate house it got a lot of uh, notoriety around it and uh, George I uh, asked Thomas Tozier to move from his chocolate house and go uh, to Hampton Court, where his job was to make hot chocolate for George I every morning. And if you visit Hampton Court, you will find the Tozier chocolate rooms, which are uh, in the in the sort of bowels of this incredible uh, palace. Um, and there's a, I think we felt it was certainly when uh, Dina came across this this name and we visited uh, Hampton Court, it really uh, had some synergy to to the way that she was making chocolate. Yeah. It was a tiny room, uh, lots of kind of equipment uh, down there, and and I think you know it was it was it, it sort of had a, the right feel. Uh, one, it was an English name, and that's really important because yeah. uh, you know we are an English-based uh, chocolate maker, um, and uh, the other thing is that. We wanted to, in, in a way, it's quite interesting. If you Google Tozia, there's no Tozias on LinkedIn, there's no Tozias on Facebook or Instagram. It's, it's a name that uh, the bloodline's completely died out. Right. Um, so we have, you know, a kind of corner of the market. So you, you, you type in to Google Tozia and you get something about chocolate, which right. is great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were we we're really pleased to find that name. And, and But I was a bit worried because I thought, well, hold a minute. Uh, this was the royal household. You yeah. know, do I have a problem by calling my company a name that has kind of royal connections? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I trademarked it uh, oh. and waited to see whether I'd get a call from uh, HRH to say you yeah, can't yeah, use that. Yeah. But no, it didn't happen. So uh, we've kept the name Toesier. Um, and uh, the only kind of funny thing that I, I, I find occasionally is that you'll see bloggers, particularly from the States, um, saying things like, it's amazing this company started in 1717 and they are still making chocolate to this day, uh, which of course we're not, it's we're not connected not <laughs> true, 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 true. that is not true uh, So, and
1: again, just so for anyone who's listening it's T-O-S-I-E That's right, yeah, hard S in the middle, that's right, absolutely Yeah. So there is some noise going on in the background, so I'm just going to explain that we're sitting in this really lovely centre that you've put together, but that's where you make your chocolate too, and that's yeah. uh, which is great. Um, so for anyone who's listening and you're thinking, oh, I wonder what that's going on, yeah. Um, then yeah, that yeah, you that's, do well that's new. right. I
2: mean, this is part of our we've changed, We've been making chocolate, or Dina um, has been making chocolate since about uh, twenty sixteen. Yeah, and uh, and part of our scaling. One thing we do understand about our chocolate is it needs a bit of context. So we've moved to Middleton, and we've uh, basically we have an open factory. Uh, that you can come and see chocolate being made. Uh, we have a cafe and a shop here where you can buy chocolate, drink chocolate. You can actually drink chocolate and watch chocolate being made. Uh, we do factory tours. Oh, and I have and we'll, to yeah. recommend this: the drinking
1: <laughs> yeah. chocolate. Thank you for the, the, the sample I had. Oh, you're I very out. welcome. It was wonderful. Yeah, oh, that's good. Good. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Yeah,
2: I mean a lot of. Uh, we find a lot interestingly with with cafes. Um, their, you know, particularly speciality coffee uh, you'll go in and they'll have incredible coffee. They'll spend a long time talking to you about it. The beans how they're roasted, every aspect of it. And then you look at their hot chocolate and it's really just sugar and oh. it's a brand name which supplies lots of sugar and a yeah. tiny bit of cacao. And it's very difficult talking to even people in that industry about the similarities between cacao or cocoa beans uh, and uh, and coffee because They don't really get it, Mm -hmm. and and that's because 95% of all the chocolate we eat isn't chocolate, it's confectionery, and it's a small but nuanced and important difference, and I'm always banging on about chocolate, as in real chocolate, three-ingredient or two-ingredient chocolate, and confectionery, a confection which is made up of lots of things, Uh, and that, although unfortunately chocolate bars are called chocolate bars, whether they're a craft chocolate bar or a confectionery bar, a heritage confectionery bar, Um, or, you know, they're part of the future. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, that's right.
1: So what's what's the history of chocolate then? You know, is it worth just uh, (laughs) uh, thinking of... You know, where did this I mean, yeah. I'm assuming Central America South yeah. America the Mayans and yeah absolutely you know, your, your. where did this all come from I mean, did it come originally as a drink rather than
2: that's correct yeah tempering uh, which is making chocolate solid came came later yes um, the
3: Italians uh, came with the tempering didn't they they yeah. discovered tempering so before then it was a, a drink that you could just have yeah um, but
2: it's always had ceremonial yes, kind of contact. and so you know. in
3: South America, where the beans come from, mainly people there, they drink it now as a drink rather than a solid and have a chocolate bar because of the humidity and the heat, and they don't have the technology we have or the machinery we have to to make it. And it's, so they drink it. Uh, tr- that's traditionally what they do, which also tastes delicious. Um, and that's basically mm. from South America. And the Spanish bought... Chocolates bought cocoa beans over. So it was mainly in South America. Then the Spanish discovered it and they bought it over. Mm. Then you saw a funny thing about um, the Spanish coming with the cocoa beans. Do you remember? No. Remember so. you said something the Spanish came with the beans. Yeah. And then the English didn't know what to do with them. Do oh know they, know
2: them that? they threw them right. away. That's yeah, right, yeah, they threw because them away. Because at that yeah, time they, we didn't they, know. What did they They no, do, that, with the I know they do what look funny. That was, funny. They that was funny. when you, they it was all when they were kind of sailing the high seas and yeah. the uh, yeah. and you basically were, they were raiding the Armada. And they found kind of because they were transporting cocoa beans had incredible value, and of course uh, you know when the when the Brits arrived, saying looking at this kind of beans, oh, get rid of those, and (laughs) so so yeah, so they didn't have have any value. But but it's true genetically, um, the more complex and more interesting beans are the ones that come from Central and South America. It's hotly contested where the first cocoa beans grew. Uh, Venezuela. Venezuela or Belize and that. Belize, they put there, but the why they're interesting for chocolate makers is because the complexity of the bean
1: uh, and the genetics make it much more interesting. So, so where did you, you mentioned Italy? Who mm. obviously had something to do with all of this with mm. tempering? Now, please explain tempering to the, the uninitiated.
3: We make chocolate from cocoa beans, but most people that were working with chocolates are working with pre-made chocolates. So that's a chocolatier, and they buy pre-made chocolates and they make chocolates. So they make delicious things to eat but they're starting from a different point
2: yeah that's right and I think the the tempering process is really the end yeah
3: so the chocolate making is um the first process that we do and then chocolatiers do the tempering and we do the chocolate making and we do the tempering right but we don't do or I don't do a lot of chocolates okay because that's not really my interest my interest is making the chocolate yeah
2: yeah, I mean, a, a kind of hurdle through the process yes. would be, yeah, basically, so we, get we the buy co- the beans. Yeah, so
3: we import the cocoa beans. All cocoa beans come into Amsterdam, Rotterdam. They have traditionally always gone in there. They have these massive warehouses with cocoa from floor to ceiling. And it was just huge, huge warehouses. We collect the cocoa beans from there. And then... Um, we, or I, roast the beans on a low a low setting, so you're keeping all the flavour because the cocoa is speciality cocoa, so it has a flavour profile. And, and how long and would that
1: take to roast?
3: Very low. Um, low and for 20 minutes, 25 okay. minutes, 30 right. minutes sometimes. Um, and so I roast them, also in the sack, when you open the sack you never know what's in the sack. Sometimes something might move, in which case I just kill it. Uh, but the sticks sometimes, and some beans are—I mean, most beans I get grade A beans, so most beans are great. Um, but one particular origin uh, doesn't come that, isn't that clean, so I have to big sort okay. and take out any broken beans, etc. Then I roast it, then you let it cool down, and then I put it in a winnower. So the winnower. Um, it's like a hopper at the top you put the beans in and it cracks them and the husk which is the waste goes one way and then the nib goes the other way then I take the nibs warm the nibs and then I put them in a melange. Um, I've got three melanges two twelve and a half kilo and one thirty kilo and basically the melanger's heat and time and pressure it breaks down the nib into a liquid so you're starting off with a solid and then the pressure time um, <clears throat> and heat reduces the nibs to a so the whole alchemy of chocolate is really strange, you've got a solid, then you've got a liquid, then when you want a chocolate bar you have to go back to a solid then you have to temper it back to a liquid and then you've got a bar, so the whole alchemy of it I find quite fascinating um,
1: So is that what we're hearing going on at the moment?
3: Yes, so that's a melange going yeah, round yeah. so yep. it's grinding the beans And then they'll make eventually the cocoa butter that is naturally within the bean breaks down and you have this liquid and then it goes round. Then I add sugar, a tiny bit of cocoa butter, um, 7% just because the viscosity of the chocolate is very thick because I don't put a lithium or emulsifier in it means that um, it is thick. It's a bit like mud, really, going around. The machine really is begging for emulsifier, but I won't give it to it. So it's going around and I put a little bit of cocoa butter in just to help the viscosity so I can get the chocolate into the mould. Um, then after three days of going round in the melange, um, when the particle size is right, um, the particle size has to be about 17 to 20 microns. So when you taste the chocolate, it's not gritty. Yeah. So after three days we tip it out, it's sieved just in case there's any anything that's not gone through the the stone grinding process and then we leave it and then take it to the back room and in the back room we have a tempering machine which is a continuous tempering machine. You put the chocolate in the tempering machine and then um, switch it on and um, out of the spout comes tempered chocolate. So in the main bowl is untempered and then you get tempered coming out of the spout. And then we've got a dosing machine that you put the mold underneath the spout and then the, the chocolate goes in the bar, uh, bar mold. Mm-hmm. Then we put it in the chocolate fridge. The chocolate fridge, it's not a normal fridge. I'm having to control the humidity and the temperature when you put the bars in. So when you put the bars in, you're taking uh, the humidity out. So it's 45% humidity. And we're looking at 13 degrees centigrade in the fridge. Um, And that's the best temperature to cure the bars, then the bars come out, then they have to be um, bagged into a glassine bag, and then we have an outer box that we do. So there's a lot of processes Mm. from going from the bean to the bar, and it's Mm. all done by hand. There's no mechanisation, apart from the melange, which that does grind down the beans. We don't have to do it on a matata. but basically, our hands are involved in all the processes, mm-hmm. so it's quite a slow process. It's slow food; you can't rush it. I can't make it go any quicker than it goes. So, um, yeah, that's it. So, really. what, was,
1: what was the interest from your perspective to start this as a hobby? You have um that's how it, it Yes, it, isn't that's it? how it
3: started. So, I was looking at my diet, and I was looking to increase my magnesium and. Um, I thought, well, I then I discovered it's in chocolate, and I was, oh, well, uh, I ate good chocolate. It was expensive chocolate. And so I thought, well, I ate good chocolate, so I'll just eat more of that. And then I looked at the ingredients, and I discovered that the chocolate I was eating was tasted good, but um, there were no real nutrients in it because the, the ingredients list was way, way too long, and most of the things, I didn't know what they were. Yeah. So that's also a dodgy kind of sign. So then I thought, oh, well... Where can we get where can I get some decent chocolate then, so I was looking, and you go to supermarkets and they all sell the same stuff more or less, um, and this was in twenty fifteen this would have been, and um, then what did I do, John
2: <laughs> well, you started then you... we went to London, yeah, no. and
3: they had a chocolate show they don't have it anymore. um they only have the salon in Paris now, and the the London one's gone, but they did have it then, and I went round trying to find. Ingredient three, ingredient or two ingredient chocolates, and that was really difficult to find. There were uh, Pump Street were there, I think, um, but other than that, there wasn't any. And so um, that made me think again. And they had like some small machines and some some not very nice beans actually that I now know. And they sold this little kit where you could make your own. And so I bought this kit. And um, took it home and made it and it was obviously disgusting what I made with those beans but I thought it was good and um, then I had to learn how to temper the chocolate which was really tricky um, because anyone that knows how to temper it's you have to get the temperature right and um, the humidity right and at that time I didn't know anything about those things I just thought oh well that's it I've made the chocolate now
2: I think the other thing to say there that's very interesting about why you, I mean, I've read this before that for chocolate makers, um, if you're involved in any kind of craft, because you've always been interested in making, yeah, and the value of time, the basically putting time into something like knitting, quilting, these kind of crafts which take time, which aren't immediately apparent, but they have real value, mm-hmm. and that's... I think part of your approach is the yeah. understanding of the investment of time and energy into something that ends well, up as Well I went a, to this course product.
3: in Seattle and the woman on the course um, she just said if you can, don't bother making rubbish chocolate because there's enough rubbish chocolate out there And I was like, oh, no, I won't, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And she was a bit scary, actually. Um, And I thought, well, I'm not going to make rubbish chocolate, and I'm just going to keep on going. And with the tempering, I had some success. Sometimes it would work, and then sometimes it wouldn't work. And then I get, you just have to do it again and again and again until it works. So I did find the whole tempering process really frustrating. Mm. But I had enough success to keep me going. I think if I hadn't... um, I probably would have given up there you know I was having to open the door and get a breeze around the chocolate and I had the it was just mental to start with when I was making that home wasn't it but um so, yeah
1: so you mentioned certain ingredients that you specifically don't put in and you said for example an emulsifier yes yeah, so, so emulsifiers in what, most foods what does that, we eat actually what does that mean? it's just
3: um it's a chemical that It makes the machine go round. The machine likes it, but your gut doesn't like it. And because I started from a point of making chocolate that was a clean product, I didn't want to put that in. Mm. So the machines hate the chocolate because it's so Mm. difficult for it to break down. Whereas if you put just a drop of emulsifier in, everything runs more smoothly. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like a lubricant. To yes, it to is. It so yeah. a and the
3: same bit. with lecithin. There's another one that we can put in. Um, other things like um, vanilla, you don't need to... Synthetic vanilla, we don't need to put vanilla in because we're buying speciality cocoa. So the flavour is all there. So mm-hmm. I don't need to add mm-hmm. any. And if you see that on the back of a bar of chocolate, that's because the beans need tickling up, if you see what I mean. So... That's the tickle. It's a
2: really important point to make, actually, because what you've described and what we make is processed food we're we're making chocolate. The preserve of letharin and emulsifier and vanilla is ultra-processed food. And the reason why these kind of ingredients go into that chocolate is to speed the process. It's all about the pursuit of profit, fundamentally, um, rather than your interest, which is taste and flavor, which is a slower process, um, but obviously, from our point of view, that has much more value. But I think you can taste it. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why I think we have the the tasting rooms now, because we want to encourage people to come and taste chocolate and so Mm. they can make, you know, they can garner knowledge around craft chocolate. Mm. Uh, And we know, I mean, you've mentioned about the beans, the quality of the beans. We make it difficult for consumers. We're not like the coffee industry, which can proudly shout about it being triple A plus beans. We don't say that, and this is where the confusion comes. Yeah, I've them out. Yeah, somebody said, "Well, I like, oh, hold on a minute, I see something that is a 70% chocolate, and and that's you know, far cheaper. You know, what 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 what's the difference? And the difference is that not all beans are the same. Some mm-hmm. are incredible speciality beans. Kind of, some, we work with some of the you know, kind of top 20 beans in the world, the award-winning beans, they, because of just the flavour. Mm-hmm. And because of the way we make with just the three ingredients, there is nowhere to hide. So that yeah. goes back to your roasting, the gentle roasting, because mm-hmm. all the flavour's already in there. It's about us releasing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the skill of the chocolate maker to, to make a, a really kind of rounded bar that's very flavourful. Yeah,
3: and I think the funny thing about chocolate is, is that if you gave uh, the same beans to three or four chocolate makers, we'd all come back with some chocolate exactly the same ingredients exactly the same percentage but it would all taste differently and that's just really fascinating isn't it so that's why it's always good to eat oh what have they done with that bar you know and so we're always tasting each other's chocolate to see oh they got that oh how did they get that flavor note out of it you know it's just it's just really weird that we'd all produce something different you would think that we'd all produce something that's both the same Mm. and generic and that's the beauty of it really it's
2: and that's where you're much, the consumer's much better thinking about chocolate, real chocolate, in terms of wine. So you can have uh, grapes that you give to you know kind of winemakers. Same story. You mm, give a, a, you so, know, yeah. a load of grapes to different different winemakers. They all come back with different different mm. versions of the same wine. Yeah. And it's much easier. People wine and coffee has really developed a long way ahead of where chocolate is and yeah. you know as i often say you know where we are with chocolate is where we were with uh you know coffee in the 70s you mm-hmm. ask people and they'll give you a brand name something like mellow birds or, or gold blend uh, the same with chocolate if i say to people what chocolate do you like they'll give me a brand name they won't give me an origin whereas now you go into any supermarket in the country and people are searching by origin i like colombian coffee that's mm-hmm. what i'm looking for yeah. i'm not looking for a particular uh, roaster for that it's just the origin mm-hmm. and that's what so we're so passionate about it's yeah. about the different origins and what they bring to the chocolate because mm-hmm. a number of our bars have uh, exactly the same ingredients and exactly the same proportion but they taste phenomenally different yeah. and that's one of the most interesting things when you're doing i do tutor tastings here at uh, at the you know, in Middleton, and when you see people kind of realise that these these so these tastes are so so different dr- dramatically, yeah, different, and we have a lot of know. fruity
3: bars, I and mean, I don't think people think of fruit and chocolate together. Yeah. So when they eat that, people will go, "Oh, yeah. what's this?" You know, yeah. it's just a new a new experience, yeah. which yeah. is which is great. Yeah. Yeah. So you can actually taste the, taste yeah. the difference in that way. So yeah. talk
1: us through the things that you do here, because you've only moved here during the course of yeah. the summer, haven't you? And mm. it, it was a uh, Took a while because of getting all your electricity yeah. things sorted That's so right. you Absolutely. could fit your machines. Yeah. Yeah. But now your machinery's here. Yeah. Um, what What's the plan for this location?
2: Well, I mean, I think we the main thing is that we where we've been making before. Uh, we've had no public facing part of the business so yeah. it's been very difficult we're a small brand and we've been around for quite a few years and still people you know walk in and say well I've never heard of you so well we've been around but our focus has not really been retail mm-hmm. uh, we've worked a lot with uh, chefs uh, and, um, and hospitality sector we do a lot of online um, but the opportunity to have this sort of tasting rooms uh, cafe uh, and shop is really to people can come in they can see the process uh, and that's the other thing that Stina was describing. It's a, it is quite a laborious process and that also goes to why the chocolate costs the way it does. Chocolate has never been a cheap, uh, mm. a cheap product. Mm. Um, unfortunately, in, in a kind of drive to, to make it a kind of something that we can, a, a sweet treat that we can all enjoy, a lot of things have been compromised along the way. Um, so really we want to say, look, this, this is great value chocolate, we don't want you to eat it in the volume, it's not about a bliss point, it's not about trying to chase down that kind of sweet and fat, mm. you know, sugar and fat mm. uh, thing, it's about taking time and so the slower you can eat it, the better, the more you'll get, the better value it will deliver, but that's yeah. very difficult and I often say we've got, we never have a point with chocolate where we change our thinking about it, so we learn to eat it as a child and a lot of that is linked to an emotional response. I remember my grandfather used to bring Mars bars when he used to come and see me and uh, I have more kind of association with the Mars bar and him uh, uh, and and because I, you kind of eat chocolate in that state as a, yeah. as a three, four, five year old eating chocolate uh, and you never go as you do with coffee um, or alcohol, oh, I don't like this, I'm, I'm not, I need to think yeah. about how I'm going to consume this. Yes. Particularly something like coffee you know, it's just not very pleasant. No. Um, and then, and yet, how many of us, every morning, the yep. first thing we put in our, in our mouths is coffee. Yeah. And But that doesn't happen with chocolate, because you've mm. got this relationship with chocolate, that it's this kind of sweet treat, and you don't... And really, you don't revisit it. Yeah, you don't revisit yeah. it. And yeah. I think it's really important for people just to just stop, take a moment, reconsider it as a different sort of food. Um, and this is why I always say there is confectionery, and there's chocolate. yeah.
3: And um, also, I think an important point to make is that it's a fermented food, like bread and wine. So it's, it, the whole fermentation process, it's really good for you. A f- mm. Fermentation is good for you. Mm. And I think people don't realize that it does have a lot of health benefits to mm. it as well. If you're eating a little bit in the evening, you're not eating a huge amount, mm. but it does have benefits. And I yeah. think having the place here enables us to talk to people more and show people more the process and what we're doing. and 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 just all about the beans so that people understand more the whole process because yeah. the beans grow in a completely different continent the supply chain is so is so split mm. and we don't mm. really understand mm. it so having the place here enables us to share our knowledge and mm. share um, mm. our passion for the yeah, chocolate yeah. really um, before that we were having to do like farmers markets and take everything to the farmers market but you can't take all the machinery to the farmers market So. Um We kind of came, we kind of came an end to that. I just mm. felt that I'd, we'd had enough yeah. of that, and having this space enables us to, to showcase mm-hmm. what we do yeah
2: and the other thing is I think a lot of chocolate makers our size are sized and a little bit bigger that make bean to bar chocolate. Um, we've all come to the kind of recognition that part of um, that that education and the sharing that passion is to show people. So a lot of people are moving to open factories Mm -hmm. because we're very privileged. We can show you the process. Mm -hmm. So to be able to do this and show people on a very human scale how chocolate is made Mm -hmm. and also explain why things like paying farmers properly for the work they do at origin is so important. The the work that they do in terms of fermentation and drying, what we receive in these sacks, um, without their work and about their knowledge and their skill, uh, you don't get good chocolate. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard because, you know, people don't understand that aspect. We receive something. It's not like coffee is different here. Uh, in the, the, it's a roasting process and then you have the coffee. But the fermentation, which coffee isn't fermented, that doesn't happen at origin. Uh, and
3: mm.
2: there's a skill base there that is really important to and that's why paying farmers properly for that is really mm. yeah. important
3: and also a lot of young people now um, in uh, at origin they don't want to really get involved with the, the cocoa because they realize that well their parents have worked with cocoa and they're really poor and they, they can't do anything. So the young people are going to the towns and cities and saying they don't want to become cocoa farmers. Yeah. Mm. So there is going to be this crisis point because who is going to go into the rainforest mm. and chop down the pods? Someone's got to do it. Mm. And if you don't pay mm. people, then people don't want to do it. Yeah. And yeah. now young people see you know a, mm. a different life for themselves, which isn't living in a, a tiny farm with no money. Yeah. And being dirt poor. Yeah. So there will be consequences because yeah. eventually people won't be there to uh, pick the pods. It's a,
2: it's a really good point. I mean, you, can only, you only have to look at what uh, the, the Dutch kind of tomato industry has done in terms of mechanising and automating picking tomatoes. Uh, with cacao, there's been absolutely no investment in, in how that harvest takes place. Mm-hmm. It's still, each pod has to be cut from the tree by mm-hmm. hand. It's a ludicrous industry Mm -hmm. because it's so much work Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's dangerous yeah Yeah. and it's it's very and it's very you know however you know like big chocolate brands can show smiling faces and say we're doing all we can Mm -hmm. they're not because they have to actually step back and reconfigure that industry Mm -hmm. and uh, their you know backers have to understand that the the returns then you have to reset their minds mindset around Mm -hmm. you know that investment in that sector because that sector needs not just about paying uh, profits uh, in Switzerland, uh, but actually paying farmers properly on the ground. Mm.
1: So, what, what can the consumer get from you? Just talk us through some of the things that you sell here, the production that you have.
3: Oh, uh, what do we sell here? Well, we also, well, we have our our chocolate here, um, and we have dragees, which so fruits and nuts covered with chocolate. We do chocolate pairings here, where you can come and. Taste the different um, origins. Yeah. We do uh, come and hot talk chocolate. you around hot chocolate. <laughs> Our no, hot chocolate is a, hot chocolate. is a chocolate bar that we have grated. So it's real chocolate. Yeah. It's not cho- it's not cocoa powder or it's not yeah. um, it's basically a bar. Whichever bar we do, 100% hot chocolates um, from Ecuador, and then we do different 70% hot chocolates. Yeah. We do, um, yeah,
2: so we have all the bars here. We, have, um, we, we buy from six different origins, we make eight different bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we
3: uh, also do, um, mainly in the new year, this will be a kind of tour around so we can show the process and you can taste as you, as you go to see actually how we make from the bean and explain the whole process. So, but those tours will really start in January. Or in the new year, really, because we're still not set up completely properly here.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you do this wonderful Suffolk shingle, too.
3: Yes, we do that. Which is the first time
1: I came across you a couple of years ago, uh, like a trade thing, was it, about <laughs> Suffolk and Suffolk producers? And yeah. I remember taking that home, having a little bit every night. Yeah. Uh, and that's amazing. Talk yeah. us through that.
3: Yeah, so that's got at the bottom cocoa nibs that have got one coat of chocolate on. And then we have Piermont hazelnuts with our 65% um, chocolate on. Then we have raisins with the Uganda chocolate, so 70%. And then we have um, smoked cinnamon almonds on the top. And that has our Haiti 70% chocolate on. Um, and then we put a little starfish um, actually in the packet. And it's, I've had a woman come up and say, um, she bought it from us from the Suffolk show and she sent me this lovely picture where she'd made a cake and then she'd put the, the whole shingle on top of the cake. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I thought that was really sweet. That's I forgot lovely. to get a picture mm. from her. And then people, um, and then someone else said they shared it with their family, they just took it out and then just put it on the table and then you can just pick from it. As a yeah. dessert at yeah. the end Fantastic. of a meal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But the idea is, obviously, For the name, sure. it, it, because we don't use um, any glazes, so they've got this kind of dusky finish, yeah. um, nice. and it looks, like a, it looks like a beach. It looks like, you know, yeah. you know yeah. beaches that we know and love. Yeah. Shingly <laughs> beaches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's lovely, and they taste wonderful. So, yeah, very good. So, how do you see things in the future, in the sense of, do you continue to develop new products, yes. new flavours, and then obviously what you're doing here is important
3: too. Yes, no I do need to do some, the thing is there's not much time for, well there have, hasn't been, no. for new products. I've got some, lots of ideas but I've had no time to actually put them into fruition. I wanted to do, I did make in the, um, a few months ago I did make a cardamom chocolate which tasted delicious and I thought oh that would be great <laughs> <laughs> to have in the, in the winter time. And uh, of course, I have like, oh, what, what did I put in there? I can't remember what bean did I use, or oh, I can't remember. Uh, it's just been a whole madness, really. Um, so we're hoping to have more time um, to produce more things, but we have lots of ideas, but it's just actually. Uh, Stopping with the chocolate making to, to do it, really. Yeah,
1: but you've just had a huge move, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. And you've yeah. had to juggle the manufacturing and the selling all at the same time. Yes, like you, so. yeah, we have, but we have. Yeah. Yeah. So how many, how many people will be able to do a tour at any one point in time? Like, any, I think we say between doesn't... sort of six to eight. Six, six to eight, 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 and eight, eight and
2: yeah. We want kind yeah. of enough. Yeah, that's a good number because it's enough t- chance people to ask questions and then get engaged and we do a kind of taste as you go so you can kind of taste chocolate at various stages of it. mm. so its production, yeah. taste the bean. Taste, and then you, you know. take
3: away a hot chocolate so you make, we give you the beans and you make them into a, a kind of a liquor, into a puck and then you can take it home and then make your own hot chocolate oh, with the, with, the, with your own beans that you've selected so... That will be part of it as well. So yeah. I think that's... So it's a real hands-on activity. Yeah. Not just talk, 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 which mm. can be a bit boring, really. People yeah. want to kind of eat yeah. uh, rather than talk. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And just see the beans and just taste a bean. Because a lot of people haven't had a, a cocoa bean. You know, yeah. or, you know, don't know to take the husk off. And, you know, lots of there's lots of education. Yeah, there
2: is. It. And I think one of the main things you'd say with the bean is that people... Very can be nervous about percentages and their experience has been they've had a dark chocolate Mm -hmm. and that is like so bitter Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go there again Uh, but it's so difficult because the way we make even though it's high percentage chocolate uh, it's not roasted to the point of being burnt so one of the problems um, is a a Bourneville chocolate for example that's a a marker for a lot of people they've eaten a Bourneville bar and it tastes uh, whew, gosh, that's that's too bitter for me. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is, if you look on the back and see actually how much cacao, cocoa beans, is in there, it's not that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the it's the roasting of those beans right. which makes them bitter, okay. uh, which gives that bitter taste. And it is. Bitter chocolate, yeah. and we don't make bitter chocolate. We make dark chocolate. Yeah. But again, this is all about getting more people tasting chocolate mm-hmm. and understanding. And the health benefits of dark chocolate uh, are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, as we, I mentioned about ultra processed food, uh, it's very important that people kind of get a, a really good understanding of what of what chocolate is. Um, but it's framed by the fact that most chocolate is confectionery. It's very yeah. very difficult, uh, and so we're kind of saying, come here. Taste chocolate, enjoy. You know. The sugar content is never going to be uh, higher than the cocoa content. Right. In fact, 65% is the is the sort of sweetest bar we, we do, uh, which means 35% of that is sugar. And then we go right up to 100%. We do a really amazing 80% bar. Right, yeah.
1: Lots <laughs> of stuff on the go. So, um, yeah, just as we come to a conclusion, just seeing Dina's put on the. Uh, so this is the husky. Winnower. Winnower. Yeah, yeah, So this is the largest, probably the largest machine
3: you've got, I suppose, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, so that's going to go to another batch that you're going yeah. to be producing for
3: Christmas. I believe 70 that is that is going to be. Um, we do that um, for Peace Porridge, have that uh, that bean. So if you have a pudding in Peace Porridge in Bury St Edmunds, yeah. That is the chocolate that you'll be eating this Christmas. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, fantastic, oh, very
1: good. Well, it really is quite. Uh, it's it's what's evident is that this really matters to you. What mm. people consume matters actually. Yeah,
2: yeah, it does. Yeah. It does, because as you said, you know you, you know, you don't want life's too short to make poor chocolate. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's
3: true. Well, that's yeah. what that Chloe Dutra Russell said to me. Yeah. I thought, oh dear, yeah. better not do that then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no,
3: it's nice to share, you know, it's yeah. nice to share. And we want, we like yeah. to.
2: And I think a lot of people get a lot of pleasure from chocolate. Yes. And yes. it's understanding that a lot of chocolate, and I'm, this a lot of confectionery, is exploitative, and it's yes. very, very difficult to square that away. Yeah, and I know yeah, there's lots of, you know, messaging about oh we're doing this, we're doing that. But at the end of the day, the supply chain is clear, and a lot of the, of the information, uh, you know, is out there. Mm. But working with a small maker, I mean, we're passionate about our chocolate, but there are other kind of makers uh, in this county that that uh, that make a small batch to bar that have the same ethos. And the other thing that's great. We're now living at a time where we can ask the people we buy from really share that vision. So a lot of them, uh, Uncommon Cacao, are disruptors. They want to change the model. Uh, they want to get more money back to farmers so farmers can make decisions to, to get better yields and, and it's really about their husbandry uh, yeah. that, that makes a massive difference.
1: Yeah. It seems to me actually that what you're doing is bringing people back to chocolate as opposed to actually, if we're really honest, our associations actually with the sugar yeah. that we had—it mm-hmm. yeah. well, was yeah. in a cho- chocolate yeah. bar yeah. and in yeah. inverted yeah. commas—but so yeah. um, but actually you're taking that sugar to make that a second or yeah. a third issue. Yeah. And your focus is actually on the flavour and the content and the history and the origin of that bean. Yeah, Definitely mm-hmm. yeah. That. yeah. So
3: and that. it gives pleasure. You know, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, that yeah. expensive. You wanted to buy, wanted to treat yourself and have a. A bottle, a nice bottle of wine. A nice mm. bottle of wine costs a lot of money mm. nowadays. Um, whereas, if you wanted to have a treat with the chocolate, which is also is a real treat, you know, mm. when the weather's cold and everything, whether you make a hot chocolate with a bar of chocolate or you have little pieces during the evening or have it with a bit of fruit or nut or whatever, it it's, it gives pleasure. It really does give pleasure. So, um, I that's think what we that's want to a, give.
1: It's clear from there work that you put into this this is something that you see it is a treat it's not it is a treat putting this in a lunchbox every day or no. something like that this mm. is something mm. that people after a meal or as part of a um, an occasion will enjoy
3: yes and rather than giving a bottle of wine when you go to eat you should take some chocolate yeah, 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 if like, you're going like to eat really, yeah. uh, some dinner party or yeah. something yeah. I, I think you're just looking at chocolate a bit differently and um yes and a lot of people do like chocolate, it's, mm. it's quite yeah. surprising. There are people that really like it, and then you have people that don't be, yeah. not very many though, yeah. oh, no. but not. some people yeah. say, well, I don't like chocolate, but yeah. not many, no. most people do like chocolate. And I,
2: I think the other thing to say is that this industry is emergent, because it's not, you know, we know actually, globally, craft chocolate, Accounts for less than two percent of all yes, consumed right, chocolates. So right. You know, it's a tiny, tiny <laughs> yeah. thing. But yeah. it will change. I mean, a lot of things change, and they can change quite rapidly. Yeah, yeah. Um, the problem is that the the the, the industry itself is is, is is top heavy with, you know, kind of more kind of sugar based, yeah. and that's refined sugar as well. Um, uh, you know, con, 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 confectionery. And, yeah. it, you know, it's very difficult, and there is a price point. But I would say. If you eat it the way that it's designed to be eaten, it's taken ages to grow, it's taken ages to make it, you know, give the food time, you yeah. know, and uh, to get the pleasure, and, and I think that's, that's very, very important as well, That's when you're, when you're looking at it, we always think that a bar of dairy milk is a portion of dairy milk, that's the, that's the portion, but it's very difficult to to kind of get your mindset differently thinking about that and saying, well, actually, I'm only gonna have a few of these pieces but It should satiate you more, it should.
1: no, absolutely, it's been fantastic. Well, really appreciate you giving us the opportunity to find out about what you do. (laughs) Thank you you for telling us about the history and what you do and why it's so different and so important. Thank
3: Thank you. you. Thank Thank you 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 very much,
2: thanks.
0: Dina and Jonathan Tilston telling my colleague Colin Lowe about the growth of Tozier chocolate, doing great things in the heart of the Suffolk countryside. You can find out more by visiting tozier.co.uk. And remember, if you go to our website at suffolkmoney.co.uk, you can catch up with all our podcasts. And it really helps us if you can remember to subscribe. My thanks to you for listening and thanks, of course, to the team behind the scenes. That's Joy, Sally and Kevin. And on their behalf, I'd like to wish you all a very happy Christmas and we'll be back in the new year. Until then, bye.